the NOTB Invitational of Sorrow edition of the Notorious OTB on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It's brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code SGP. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on football. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code SGP. We're also brought to you by Game Time. Snag the tickets without the stress. Use promo code CFBX on your first purchase to save $20. Download the Game Time app and use promo code CFBX. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Play the underdog, pick them in college or NFL, and win up to 20 times in one game. Plus, every Sunday, they're giving away $100,000. Use promo code SGPN at Underdog Fantasy for a 100% deposit bonus up to $500. And finally, we're brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month. Start making smarter bets today. Welcome, everybody, to the Notorious OTV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, where, as always, it's all good, baby, baby. It was all a dream. Blood Horse Magazine. I've got my Cuban link on. Yes, Cuban B. I'm your host, Chase Sessoms, the Wolf of Oakland. Welcome to the show. It's a special one. It's episode 148. Uh, if you're into numerology and 148 means something to you, uh, seek professional help because that shit's crazy. Uh, no, it's a special show because I have my two favorite guests, the two leading appearances uh, of all time on the Notorious OTV, back from their summer in Saratoga. First, I'm gonna well, let's introduce them one by one. They they deserve to be recognized as separate human beings as instead of one entity. Uh, you might have seen her on Fox's day of the day at the races. And what the fuck are you doing on TV anyhow? You know I get calls from back home every fucking day. They think you went batshit. Always find her on Naira's horse racing stuff. Talking horses. I was going to say talking horses, but you're not always on talking horses. And then it turned into a real stumbling block for me there. Uh, but uh, let's go ahead and tell you your name. Sarah Bodway. Sarah, welcome back. I was uh, eventful. It was insane. It was exciting. There was a lot going on at Saratoga this summer, but it's nice to be back. BAQ back and uh, to be hanging out with my good friend, who is your other secret guest that you'll introduce in a moment now that we have uh, some more free time because Saratoga just takes it out of you. Yeah. Yeah. We, I was chatting with our other guest uh, before we started and we were just talking about how much of a grind it was. It just kind of feels like now it feels like you get a, like a little bit of a break now that we're at a uh, backwaduct Belmont face with an aqueduct booty. Speaking of Sir Mix-a-Lot proportions, ladies and gentlemen, you might know him from his, content for naira bets you might know him from his previous work with trust the prophets or you might know him from just being on this show all the goddamn time ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the show that's right it's a twofer machu DeSantis. what's up machu what's going on chase good to be here thrilled to be with uh with all of us and uh this is gonna be a lot of fun <clears throat> i know sarah's been taking this very seriously i've been taking it pretty seriously uh and it should i think it's a really fun competition that we got going on the first one i was robbed i'll just say i was robbed whatever the opposite of the caw is happened where a horse loaded into the gate at seven to two and somehow down the back stretch floated to eight to one uh and got home for sarah still pissed off about that because i had that victory uh in the bag and uh i'm not gonna let it grasp i'm not gonna let it slip out of my grasp Two times in a row. Listen, no one ever talks about whenever uh, instances of of you know CAWs uh, going right happens. Like, and that's exactly like Sarah's horse went from like four to five to like nine to one in a, in a blink. <laughs> it was 
<laughs> it was amazing, but it was a well-deserved win by her. Uh, I hadn't uh, mentioned it yet, and Matthew like just went full smile like he had pocket aces there. Folks, that's right. Last time we had Sarah and Matthew here, we had a tournament. It was the notorious OTB uh, tournament of pain. We decided whenever everyone reconvenes from the summer that we would get together and do another tournament. This one, the NOTB Invitational of Infinite Sorrow. That's right. We're doing another tournament. It's going to be 10 races across eight tracks. We're talking Gulfstream. We're talking, talking Pimlico. We're talking Backwaduct, Parks, Golden Gate Fields, Prairie Meadows, Churchill Downs, Remington Dam Park. This one almost stretched two days because Remington Park lasts so long. Uh, what... I know last time uh, my goal was to uh, put together a card and have both of you go, you motherfucker. What'd you think of the races this time? A anybody shoot. Um, I feel like I was expecting it more this time, so I didn't quite get as upset and angry about it. But I will say that after watching a replay that had six turns, you've outdone yeah. yourself. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Right there. That's right. It doesn't matter if it's full or bull ring. We touch it all. Matthew, what'd you think, man? I, you know, I loved it. I mean, there's, there's some maiden claimers, which you know is my bread and butter and kind of maiden races. So I love that. I'll be, I, I'll be at the monsoon in Ben Salem, Pennsylvania on Saturday. So uh, glad to see we got some parks in there for what is going to be an absolutely torrential downpour by all accounts on Saturday. Uh, with potentially 30 degree winds. So uh, lo love handicapping that sort of uh, condition. But um, yeah, it's, it's a great uh, mix of tracks from across the country, different levels, different surfaces. So uh, excited to get into it. Yeah, well, to give everyone the rules, once again, it's uh, going to be a $2 win place format. Uh, each player gets a top pick and they also get an alternate in case of scratch. Uh, if that alternate also scratched, uh, they'll get the post-time favorite. Uh, not the Peter Thomas for for Natal, uh, as we discussed. See, I told them they get the Next PTF, time. and I was, yeah, I was like, hold on, PT people, that's another, that's a person. I have to clarify here. It's post time favorite, but figure out, we'll figure out that phone a friend thing. Also, each player gets one double down uh, for for a race, which is turns it from a two dollar into a four dollar win place. And just for the Invitational of Infinite Sorrow, we've added a triple damn down. Where you'll get a six dollar win place, largest bankroll wins, tiebreaker if it comes down to one, highest paying winner if still tied, second highest paying winner. Let's go ahead, let's dig in. There are 10 races, so we're gonna start at Gulfstream and it's gonna start race three, eight and a half furlong, 12 and a half thousand dollar maiden claimer on the all weather. Uh, we're gonna go in a rotation, Sarah, lead us off. Uh, in the super fun race that you picked out, uh, I went to the number one. That's not. That's not what I want. I don't want that positive reinforcement. I want. I want to be told. You know, I want to be told I'm bad. <laughs> Can I get the definition? The sarcasm told you that. It was there. I promise. Oh. Uh, it's okay. No one knows what I'm kidding or. What I'm not <laughs> kidding. That's kind of the fun. Um, one. Eskimo Street, just less chances to lose than a lot of other horses in this spot. Or that was second two races ago after sitting close to the pace, which is not generally what you want to do in those torpedo routes, regardless of how much they back things down. And last time out ran third after going insanely wide into the first turn and closing from far back. To have a tactical horse that has not had as many chances and is hitting the board with some sort of consistency at a level like this is the kind of horse that I want to be using to start things off. And then for my alternate, I'm going to the number nine. Thank the Academy. First time on the synthetic, so just doing something different in this spot. Um, a half-sibling did win twice while sprinting on the surface. Keen Ice a little bit better with his synthetic routers than turf routers at least, although the percentages are not particularly strong for either. This horse just needs to get out of the gate and break a little bit more sharply, but at least is doing something brand new in a spot like this. All right. So Sarah leans into the one Eskimo street, Matthew, where'd you go with this one? Yeah. So I went, uh, I Eskimo streets, my second choice, uh, and my alternate in case my top selection scratches for the reasons Sarah outlined, but my top pick 
And this is where I feel like playing stable duel and Gulfstream a lot may be helpful. And I'm also using a little bit of an angle uh, that my friend Barry Spears likes to play. Uh, and I'm going to go to the number six, Song and Tap, as my top selection, eight to one. Uh, this is a horse for Victor Barboza, who is very capable at this level at Gulfstream Park. Uh, he makes his money in the maiden claiming circuit. And what I really like is that this is a horse that stretched out for the first time last time. And you saw a massive increase in buyer speed figures. I think now this horse is going two turns for the second time. You're going to see continued progression. Um, and and it's it kind of going to Sarah's point, this horse has had less opportunities to lose. Uh, and if you want to think about it, you know, really this horse's career was sprinting five furlongs now has one race going, um, two turns and honestly the speed figure is just about as good as anybody in this field and i'm getting eight to one so i'm going to use that as my top selection uh in the first one and then like i said i'll use the number one horse as my alternate all right so i actually ended up with sarah's alternate i took the nine thank the academy at six to one she mentioned the uh the bloodline there where you have uh you know the curlin line with keen ice and you've got tap it on the bottom line uh one of my just absolute uh favorite angles to go to I mean, dare to say. Little pig boy. Can I get the definition? Little pig boy. He's that pathetic, dirty bitch, baby. Mistress gets the stand on. And while she stands on me, I take my stand with Curlin babies whenever they make their first start over the all-weather. Tap it, not a bad all-weather uh, pedigree either. And the horse has actually shown the ability to pass, which I think could be huge in this race uh for my alternate i took the two far above at four to one that gets us through the first race race three at Gulfstream. moving on race two the fifth race at pimlico six furlongs twenty thousand dollar maiden claimer on the dirt Matthew, you're leading us off all right. Well, in this one, I'm going to go to the outside and I'm going to go to the nine dashing dark tagden uh, or something like that. Uh, and this is a horse that is four to one with Dennis Arujo aboard. Uh, and listen, this, I, I, you know, I didn't overthink this one. This is a horse that's making the class drop from maiden special weight company down to maiden claimer he's also getting the blinkers on i love a good makeover package in maiden claiming races so you get the class drop and you get the equipment change uh horses breaking from the outside so i'm not worried about the horse breaking out so much uh especially with the addition of the blinkers uh and i, I tend to like horses that get blinkers added that have these types of running lines which is the horse just fell back woefully uh far early but never really kind of continued to fade, just needed to, you know, kept up with what the pace was doing, but was just 13 lengths back at first call and never really made up. I think the blinkers will get the horse out a little bit more. Uh, I expect a better run from this horse who's had a couple of nice work since that race. Uh, and so I'll go with uh, the number nine as my top choice. And actually I'll use uh, kind of a little bit of a, a bomb as my alternate, which is the number eight, uh, the name of the game, 15 to one. Uh, this is a horse that's full sibling is five for six in the money uh, and one at this maiden claiming level. I like the workout on uh, September 17th as well. So 15 to one. If, if my nine scratches, I'll try to catch a price there in this one. I'm so disappointed in you, Matthew. If I, if I thought there was one person that I have on the show that would know that that is D'Artagnan as a, in the three I, musketeers. Ladies I'm, and gentlemen, simple minds. I'm beside myself right now because I just knew you were going to fucking knock that out of the park, but <laughs> <laughs> nothing's predictable on this show. That's right. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll dial in next which i you know there's weather in the forecast for saturday I, i'm gonna work some mud pedigree in with who i think could be a surprise to get to the front and i'm gonna use the two dialed in a panic at 20 to 1 uh the trainer anthony aguire is actually strong with these shipping and big class drop moves down oh it's the three is that what you're telling yeah, me yes three okay <laughs> it's the three i'm on the three sorry uh <laughs> dialed in a panic um what I'm seeing from Dial to the Panic is, one, the Sire and Dam's Sire both have good percentages with mud starts. And I think that this one can make the lead early because it's got that dirty, dirty running line I like to see uh, where a horse doesn't make the lead, instantly packs it up, loses by 25. I Usually you see those 
hard scent out for the front and with maybe a muddy sealed track, maybe with a little bit of that uh, that dialed in and uh, Sky Mesa pedigree. I get a horse loose on the front in the slop for a fucking haymaker in the second race. Sarah, what do you have? Um, I am just not really in love with the horses that have run so far in this race. So I went to some first-time starters for my pick and my alternate. I'm going to go with the number five gallant ruler as my top pick. The dam was second on debut at two at Keeneland and then won her second start. This is a Cairo Prince that sold for $15,000 as a yearling. And when you're looking for horses that have sold for a decent amount of money throughout this field, that stands out a little bit in this spot. This horse also a couple works ago did work a bullet that was pretty impressive for this level. And I like that there have been consistent a foundation of work since then. And then kind of the same idea with my alternate with the number seven whiskey in the Jaro. A couple works back, bullet work. Dam won her first two starts. So there is some precocity on the female side of the family. And this one was just a shorter price uh, than the other one. So that's where I went in here. All right, I forgot to give my alternate, uh, which is actually going to be the one Volpe. Uh, all right. Listen, we're rocking and rolling through this thing. Just, I feel like just kings amongst men right now. Speaking of kings, DraftKings, our friends at DraftKings are here to let you know that we're back with another week of football. And DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with two great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw down... Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups and walk away an instant winner. I haven't even looked at the lines this week. I know I'm on the Giants tonight, but football's more fun when you're in on the action. So download the app now and sign up with code SGP. New customers can bet just $5 to get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code SGP. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Safe, specific, responsible gaming gambling resources. Bonus best expire seven days after issuance. I'm fuck. You missed that over the summer. I got really good at fucking speed reading. Um, my trick is I just don't don't read like half of it. Uh, and this this uh, our friends at Game Time might actually be able to help out Matthew and uh, and Sarah because now they live you know in an entertainment hub of the world, New York, and Game Time. It's a place where you can get last-minute tickets on not only sporting events, music events, comedy shows, anything. Buying tickets doesn't have to be stressful. Game time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets. Plus, they've got killer deals on last-minute tickets and a best price guarantee. Listen, I'm terrible at remembering to do things. Just being able to buy things last-minute, great. You know what? Even see being able to see images of the seats, and the view from the seats, because I will buy some tickets behind a steel ass girder. That's for sure. <laughs> Just remember, game time is your place for last minute ticket deals. So forget planning months in advance. Do everything and live life like a jellyfish. Just like me, because uh, it's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Check out all these cool features. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account and use code CFBX for $20 off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code cfbx for 20 dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed which lowest price guaranteed that sounds like a lot of your horses in this tournament oh snap he did it he did it <laughs> all right time to compose myself we're back into the tournament race three we're going to the backwaduct belmont face with the aqueduct booty race six the six furlong thirty thousand dollar new york bread Maiden claimer on the dirt. Uh, I'm leading off. This one is a uh, another one that I thought probably comes up a little bit sloppy. Uh, and I actually decided to lean into Rudy Rod's uh, coupled entry here. But using the 1A bank on Bell at 6-1, to one, I like the second half of the coupled entry here. I mean, Mitchell Baker, who was by Spitestown. This one has all sorts of sprint pedigree as well as mud pedigree for Rudy Rod in this spot. If it scratches, I still got to fall back. And then if that scratches, I'm going to use the 10 Princess Becca at 6-1. to one. Another first-time starter, another central banker. Like if I'm going to be like, hey, this child of central banker is good enough and not say anything about the other child. That's like going to your friend's house and be like, your one kid is awesome. This other one is all right. Was he like science? Those are my picks. 
Matthew, what do you got? Yeah, so it's kind of funny because, you know, I mentioned earlier that I, I liked Victor Barboza on the maiden claiming circuit at Gulfstream Park. One of the other people I liked down at Gulfstream Park on the maiden claiming circuit is Jose D'Angelo, and he's actually got an entry in this race in Backwaduct. Uh, and so I'm on uh, that horse. Uh, I am um, a fan of the number seven. Uh, and so Soul Imperatriz. And what I kind of like about this horse is it had to work over a sloppy track uh, on the last time out and actually turned in a pretty nice three furlong work over a sloppy track. So I'm not too worried about how the horse is going to handle the conditions. Uh D'Angelo tends to do well with these two-year-olds, tends to do well in these maiden claimer races. Um, and I just think this horse makes a, a good amount of sense. Uh, I, I always like Practical Joke as a first-out winner. Uh, the dam has produced two first-out winners as well, so there's plenty of precocity in the female side of the family, matched with uh, a strong sire, I think, for first-out sprint winners. So I know you're getting a little bit of a shorter price at 7-2, to two, but that's going to be my top selection. Uh, you get Flavian Prada board as well. And um, then for my other one, I'll probably go to Perfectly Imperfect, uh, the number two, uh, the source is getting a class drop going from state restricted maiden special weight 88,000 and uh, dropping down to uh, the maiden claimer. And listen, if the husband doesn't work out, you go to the wife. And so Trevor McCarthy couldn't get the job done last time out with this horse. So you know what? Go to Katie Davis. Uh, and uh, if Saratoga taught us anything, it's that Katie's the better rider of the two. So uh, I'm going to go with uh, the two as my alternate there. Uh, in that one. So that's uh, the way I see that race of backwater playing out. All right. Uh, let me just say for the record, by the way, if I hit this race and you guys don't just be ready for that smoke on Twitter. Um, <laughs> it's Sarah. okay. Matthew thought I had a horse today that I didn't even put out picks for the card for. So it's all right. There you go. There's nothing better than foisting a terrible horse that you hate onto one of your friends and be like, that's your opinion. That's you. Oh, no, you the said horse that. Won. I was like, I actually can't uh, take credit for this at all. Damn it. <laughs> damn it. All right. Sarah, who you got? Uh, well, Matthew liked a horse that had to work over a sloppy sealed track. I like a horse that has a second place finish over a sloppy sealed track at Monmouth. And that's the number three, Miss Omaha who I think will need to improve quite a bit to be competitive against what I think is a better field. But having those two starts and showing that she can handle passing on the inside of horses and the conditions of the surface she's likely to get at the price that she is on Saturday, I'm willing to take her on top with Jose Ortiz climbing aboard. And then the horse that I have as my alternate is a first-time starter for the Brad Cox barn, who I think is just logically spotted in this spot. Uh, and that's the number four, Allie's song. Brad Cox is a very sharp trainer with his first time starters. If this one belonged in any other spot than this, she would probably be there. So I like that they're not overly ambitious with this one. And they put her in a spot where she can probably be successful. Which, by the way, Allie's song owned by uh, car dealer and Little Rock uh, mayoral candidate uh, Steve Landers. Just a fun fact. Also, if you see Frank Fletcher racing, he also owns the rival uh car lot in in little you know in the central arkansas area i'll tell you what like if i were to like claim if i was fletcher or landers and one is that claimed off of him one you better believe it'd be on a trailer with me just hot walking it around you know the showroom floor the next day like now what's up who knows better deals all right that gets us through backwaduct race six before we get into that, though, got to take some time. Talk to our friends at Underdog Fantasy because Underdog has a way to play alongside your favorite football team all season long. You went up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. From now until October 4th, Underdog is matching 100% of first deposits up to $500. $100,000 Sundays continue on Underdog Fantasy. A total of $2 million in prizes all season long. 100K in prizes this week. 10K to 10 people this week. A new sweepstakes every week of the NFL season. This week's higher lower is Tyreek Hill receiving yards. 91 and a half, higher or lower? Matthew, what do you think? Higher or lower? Higher. Higher. Sarah, what do you think? Higher or lower? I have to go lower. That's right, because you're friends with me, the Undertaker. We're going to take the under. Uh, 
Even if you're wrong, you still have a chance to win $10,000. You have to just include it in your underdog play. So so watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up with promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code SGPN. And don't forget that we're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets. Listen, sometimes data nerds ruin things, but Hall of Fame Bets, these data nerds actually came up with cool things that are helpful because it's a analytics platform that helps you analyze your parlays, player props, and game lines. You can research NFL, NBA, MLB, and soccer with historical stats and data. You can even enter parlays into the Hall of Fame Bets revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. And like, you can sort your players by hit rate, figure out who's hot, so stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users. Hall of Fame Bets to craft more intelligent data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app. Visit hofbets.com. Use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching. Start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. All right. So uh, we got the trash tracks out of the way with Gulfstream, Pimlico, and Backwaduct. Now we get to go to the real classy places. Uh, we're headed to Ben Salem, Pennsylvania. You would think I'm going to have uh Matthew do the uh do the pick first pick here no no in fact Sarah you're leading it off for race 12 the eight and a half furlong one million dollar grade one cotillion on the dirt who's who's not winning Sarah Tom <laughs> uh, I can tell you about a lot of horses that are not winning but these are my chalkier selections for this contest as far as races go, both this and the uh, upcoming race that we'll be discussing from the same location. I just think Pretty Mistress is too good for the rest of this field, and she's proven it at multiple distances over multiple tracks with multiple types of competition i mean i just think that she is a standout in this field and i'm not trying to pick against her but if for some reason she is not playing on saturday i'm gonna go with the price as my alternate and that's the number six just Catherine, who i think has really come alive lately and could pick up some sort of piece at a price you know what i'm gonna jump in next and let matthew save it for last and then lead us into the pennsylvania derby um I made my triple down play here. That's right. Triple. That's right. Two from both nuts. That's right. Doing exactly what Sarah's doing. I'm, I'm the three pretty mischievous. I I know it's going to be sloppy, but listen, if there's no way this race doesn't just completely blow up on the front end, like this is, this is just like kamikaze pilots instead of horses out, out front. Like they're just, not really caring where they're going, just running fucking fast. I think Pretty Mischievous picks up the pieces pretty easy. And my alternate was the six, just Catherine, 12 to one. Matthew, tell us who's not winning. Because me and Sarah know the winner. Uh, Sarah and I talked about this race last night. Uh, we, we have the exact same uh, winner up top uh, with regards to Pretty Mischievous, who is just the class, I think, of this field and uh, the class of that crop, in my opinion. Uh, at this uh, at this more classic distance for uh, Phillies. Uh, yeah, I think she's going to get the right trip, and I think that she's got enough tactical speed that she's not going to be that far off the pace, but she'll be far enough back that she's not going to get eaten up by it. Um, I wanted to try to zig to ceiling crusher, but just could not get there, um, just because I remember society last year just getting out in the front end and just going away with it. Uh, and on a sloppy sealed track, you figure it's going to be pretty speed favoring on Saturday, but um, I, I just couldn't get there with uh, the Doug O'Neill horse. Um, and then, yeah, uh, guess what? Just Catherine was my backup pick. <laughs> so uh, we, we had the exact same selections. Uh, so we're going to be all right or all wrong together. Uh, I, uh, Unlike you, though, I did not double down on anything. Uh, but that was uh, just a normal selection for me. Pretty mischievous and just Catherine. Oh, no, I, I didn't just double down. I, I went. Oh, you tripled down. down. Yeah, That's I went right. fat kid at a Wendy's and added an extra patty to that bitch. I love it. Uh, by the way, and not to be a stickler, but did we skip race seven at, Bel- at Gulfstream Park? You mean Golden Gate? Yeah. That's, oh, that's I thought Gold- we had, I thought we had race it. seven at Gulfstream, too. That's uh, uh, that's Golden Gate Fields. All right. Well, I got that one capped as well. All right. Well, that's good. There you go. 
There you go. Nice overachiever race. flex, by the way. Yeah. Bonus race. Uh, I really liked a horse in that. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, now I'm just going to play that horse. All right. Now, if it comes down to a tie, Matthew automatically loses it because of his attempt to show us all up. <laughs> Moving on, oh, we are at the feature. Uh, Matthew's never won a Pennsylvania Derby, but he has won Pennsylvania's best grandson. Ten years running. Race 13 at Parks, nine furlongs, the $1 million Pennsylvania Derby course on the dirt matthew tell tell us who wins your native derby uh it's it's the horse that's probably gonna end up becoming the the favorite uh i would imagine by post time and so i have the number three saudi crown at seven to two um coming off consecutive 105 plus buyer speed figure efforts uh this horse is a nose away from being a multiple graded stakes winner uh just getting edged out by forte last time Probably should have gotten taken down, but that's another discussion for another day. Um, and I just think that, he's that, that started, speed. but the long process of me being just exceedingly triggered the entire yes. Saratoga meet. You and a lot of other people, and and understandably so. Uh, but it was uh, listen. He's the speed of the speed. As I said before, the conditions I think dictate that there's going to be a speed favoring track. He is just faster by a country mile than everybody else. And there's nobody's going to be able to put pressure on him. And if they do, they're going to get burned up by the six furlong mark. Uh, so he's just faster. And I don't like any of the horses chasing him. And so he's my top pick. And this is my triple now. Uh, and so I, I don't know what sort of price I'm going to end up getting on him uh, because I don't think I'm going to get anywhere near seven to two. I think it's probably going to be closer to two to one. But I will gladly take that horse uh, and triple down with him. Uh, in terms of my backup selection I, you know i kind of like il maricolo which uh out so the number 10 eight to one uh gun runner so he should like the wet uh, uh the wet conditions although he did not respond well to that in the remsen as a two-year-old but a lot's changed since then uh this horse went down ran at parks and won the grade three smarty jones last time out beat a horse like kyostra who i always i maybe have a higher opinion of than sarah and, and maybe you chase i don't know uh but you know, that horse is running in the Oklahoma Derby uh, on Sunday. So, you know, beat a nice horse there. And uh, I, he's just, he's moving the right direction. I think he's going to get the right type of trip. He's going to kind of be tracking. Uh, and I actually like that he's out in post position 10 because it means he's going to stay out of all that kickback that's going to be flying up on the inside. So, uh, you know, he should get a pretty clean trip. Uh, the question is, will he have a jockey? Or do I need to put on some silks and, and get up and ride Il Maricolo on I know Saturday, he's riding. which is a possibility. Yeah, Would I, you I like to know who's riding? Who is riding? Yes, please. It's uh, Michael Sanchez. Oh, okay. That's fine. Um, so, yeah. Because Il Maricolo doesn't feel like a horse that needs a lot of urging uh, to run fast early. So, yeah. they can just duct tape you to the horse. Like, you don't need, like, attack or anything. Fantastic. <laughs> Sarah, what's your take on the Pennsylvania Derby? Well... I agree with Matthew that Saudi crown is just the best horse in this race and that he's also faster than everybody else early. And this is another thing that Matthew and I were discussing yesterday where time for us to knows that this race has a fast pace and he is the horse that is of course the one that's predicted to be in front early. And I think that this particular situation, this race has a fast pace because he is naturally that fast. Whereas sometimes in lower level races or with a different type of dynamic, it has a fast pace because other horses are pressing each other and being more competitive on the front end, which could lead to a closer being more effective in that situation. I don't think that's a situation that's going to be happening in the Pennsylvania Derby. I think he is just naturally that fast. There will always be a fast pace when he's in there because that's who he is. And I do believe that he will end up going off the favorite in this race. I would be very surprised if he does not. Uh, for my alternate, I went to the other horse that did not have a listed rider. And it will be Paco Lopez aboard Krupe, who is the number nine, 15 to one morning line. And I think that he could come pick up a couple of pieces if we're dealing with some sort of fair racetrack there. Because he has always sort of hinted at having some ability, but just hasn't really put anything together and I think he put things together last time out in that three-horse race at Saratoga and is improving a little bit lately. I think that Todd Fletcher and Connections have thought a little bit more of him than he has delivered on, but now could be the time to come get second or something and spice up your exotics a little bit. Okay, all right. I'm dumbfounded here, guys. 
how are we having a stakes race where literally every like early speedball horse that was in a stakes race this summer to just fuck up the early pace is entered and people and we're thinking someone wins on the front. No, no says I. Listen, when this horse wins, there will be a tweet inviting the entire world to eat my ass because I'm on the seven West Coast Cowboy at 12 to 1. <laughs> I can do it. <laughs> I called we it also, last night, Sarah. I we also tried to predict night. who you would pick, and Matthew was right that you yes. would pick West Coast Cowboy. But I thought you would pick just Catherine on top in the uh, cotillion. So That's fair. I'm That's wrong. That's fair, but listen, uh, not only does Safi Joseph look like the guy who runs your scor- snorkeling excursion on the cruise ship and uh, not so subtly suggests he knows where you can get Molly, he's a guy who trains. I feel like he does. Sometimes the, the knock with Safi is that his game doesn't travel with him out of Florida. Uh, I feel like that's not really the issue in like New Jersey and Pennsylvania, though. Uh, I'm sticking with him because, look at this. This horse has run three times on an off track, never missed the exacta. It's been trending up. The horse can run from off the pace. We've got West Coast with flatter on the top. We've got a little bit of mud pedigree, a little bit. Listen, this horse is going to be undervalued. It's been performing well. I, I can't really say, have, don't really have too many knocks. I just love the price here. So give me Safi with the seven West Coast Cowboy. And my alternate is going to be the eight Gilmore. 10 to 1, got Johnny V up, Brendan Walsh, another one that can stock, close, and uh one for one on an off track. Bingo. I do think it's I do think it's worthwhile to talk. This is something you know we've talked about um privately, but the uh, you know the decision, and I don't know if it was Johnny V's decision or not, but it's interesting that Johnny V is not riding reincarnate uh right. and has decided to go to Gilmore and Bafford has to fly in Juan Hernandez and Bafford rarely flies in a West Coast jockey when he brings horses east. He either uses Irad, Flavian, or Johnny Velasquez, and he's not using any of those three. And that's interesting. Uh, And I I can't imagine that Johnny Velasquez did not get an opportunity to ride reincarnate if he had wanted it. It's also the same ownership group, so that tends to make you believe that that is true, that he could have ridden that horse if he wanted to. All right. I'm Moving a little on. disappointed. I thought for sure you were going to pl- do the lot of mercy uh, drop when we talked about Safi. So, you know, the thing is, Matthew, I have added so many drops at this point that I completely forget what I have. Lot of mercy. There it is. <laughs> My night's made. I'm, I'm going to, if I lose this competition, that's fine because I won the who is Chase going to pick in the Pennsylvania Derby contest. Whatever you have to tell yourself when I win. Now, <laughs> listen, we, we've got, we're working our way from west, to, from east to west, but we're, we're going all the way to the west coast for this. One. We're going to Golden Gate Fields, race seven, eight and a half furlongs, $20,000 claiming on the turf. Had to get away from the east coast to get quality turf racing. Uh, listen, this is actually going to be uh, my uh, double down play here because this looks like a classic case of loose on the lead to me i'm gonna take the five growth engine at five to one uh the the morning line on this horse is fucking stupid um and i think it's probably at least going to get halved that's why i want to go ahead and take my double value place it on there who i feel like might be the the second most likely winner out of these 10 races no one's going with this horse on the lead it just we we've seen what happens when that happens uh my alternate's going to be the three no slow-mo uh reason being you know, maybe someone does go with the horse. No slow-mo, pick it up. Also, wait, no slow-mo, it'll be used with scratch. Listen, doesn't matter. They've seen how much I've been hitting my vape pen. It doesn't, you know, I'm not making sense anymore. Matthew, who'd you have at Golden Gate? Yeah, so I definitely agree with you that the uh, the, the five is going to be lone speed uh, and, and, and looks to be tough. I'm, I'm going to ultimately go with the one, though. Uh, Jack's outlawed five to two. Uh, this is a horse that is four for four in the money at Golden Gate on the turf is coming off of two claiming races at Del Mar, uh, where, you know, he didn't run particularly well, uh, but just always seems to go right back into form when he gets back to Golden Gate, which is where, I, you know, I think it's just the right level for him there, quite frankly, uh, is reunited with a jockey that he's familiar with um, at the track. So 
I feel like it's a good spot. And from the inside rail, he's got good tactical speed. So he should be that kind of second horse. And so if the five gets really loose in the lead, he's kind of the de facto leader then of the next group. I always feel like so that we see that sometimes in these turf races where the, the lone speed gets out four five lengths, six lengths, seven lengths out in front. And then you kind of end up having a new leader or a second leader, if you will, of the rest of the group. And I think that he'll probably be that. Uh, so I have the one there as my, uh, top pick. And then uh, I actually have the number two, Respect the Hustle, because I always respect the hustle uh, as my backup choice at five. I love the game. I love the hustle, man. Nine for uh, 14. Uh, nine for 14 in the money lifetime at Golden Gate. Uh, and even though this horse has 51 career efforts, this horse has actually been turning in really nice efforts recently. Um, and so has had consecutive second place efforts the last two times out, uh, has been in the money the last four races in a row. So uh, even though it's a veteran horse, you're still seeing really good production out of this horse and uh, has the usefulness to sit a few different types of trips. Three, three handicappers sailed off for the San Francisco Bay. And we're here from the third one. Sarah, who's not winning? race seven at golden gate fields well if that would be the case it'd be bad news for you because i also like growth engine number five quite a bit and that was why why do i do that every time we're on the exact same stuff jesus screw yourself um this is what happens when we don't do the pre-show meeting (laughs) he exits a race at the humboldt county fair that i was watching a replay of at work today where my boss came by and was like what is that and i said listen this is a very important contest that i need to win more important perhaps than some of the other handicapping that I could be doing right now. And if I'm going to watch a race from the Humboldt County fair, you bet that I'm going to count how many turns there were in that mile and five eighths race. There were six, there were six turns. (laughs) This horse, he clipped heels at the start. He had to take back. He got to the front within the first quarter of that race, got tired in the later stages. But if this horse isn't fit for this race, I don't know anybody that is because he, was setting the pace for the majority of that race. Going back to his three turf races, they were at Santa Anita. Two of them have buyer speed figures that could make him competitive here. And I also agree with the sentiment that he is likely to be alone in front. And then my alternate is the number one. Just like Matthew mentioned, I feel as though he's going to get that inherent class relief returning to Golden Gate after a couple starts at Del Mar on the turf. He's had plenty of success over the grass on this circuit. As Matthew mentioned, four for four in the money on turf there. A little bit of a mid-pack type, so I feel like he's not going to get too lost in the shuffle if this horse growth engine is a little bit too comfortable on the front end. Of course, though, if my alternate comes into play, he won't be in here. So perhaps this one could be a horse that's sitting close or on the pace. All right, there you have it. We're just jamming along here, what are we? Got Four races left. We're six deep. Here we go. Number six. No, number seven. I forgot how mouth works br- briefly. Prairie Marrows, race five, eight furlongs, $10,000 claimer on the dirt. Sarah, tell us about them ponies in Ankeny, Iowa. This horse is one that is projected to be on the front end by Time Form US in the no speed designation, and that is the number seven. I love Rock and Stroll, who is a short price on the morning line, but generally at these more inexpensive levels, this is the type of horse that you want because they don't like to pass quite as much. And I just thought that this horse is likely to be the one leading early and that that might be enough. Uh, For my alternate, I went to a horse that was also likely to be forward early and just broke their maiden. And that is the number one Dixie 3G, who's a little bit of a better price and just more lightly raced than some of these other horses. All right, Matthew. Yeah, so I went with a horse that also should be pretty forwardly placed. Uh, I went with the number four, Loud Boy, at three to one. This horse that's three for four in the money of Prairie Meadows. It does seem to have found its right level uh, coming over from Oaklawn Park. And since coming to Prairie Meadows has run, you know, particularly well, broke its maiden uh, impressively by six and a half flanks, and then stepped up against, you know, claiming 20 competition and then claiming 10 competition last time out. Uh, and so I, I, you know, improved to, to be effective at that level. Uh, so I went with that as my top choice. And then, um, 
you know, as my alternate, just because I, you know, maybe there's a scratch, maybe there's not, but I, I took a little bit of a shot with a horse. Uh, the number five, Pistol Pack and Man, 10 to 1. This horse took forever to break its maiden, um, but is, is not a bad horse and is getting a little bit of class relief uh, in terms of, you know, has been running in a start, you know, broke its maiden, maiden claiming 20, then goes starter allowance 30, and then goes to two consecutive. Uh, claiming 20s now drops down to a claiming 10. Um, you know, we talked about a lot about that, that there's there's sometimes a really big difference between a claiming 20 and a claiming 10 in these circuits. And so uh, I think that drop down is going to actually really be beneficial. It's been, you know, running against some speed bias on the track the last few times out. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll use that as my alternative, but I feel pretty good about my top selection of the number four loud boy. I'll say, yeah, yeah. I thought it was Proud Boy. I, well, you mentioned Time Form. Uh, I, I think uh, Time Form and us, myself independently, came up to the the same uh, conclusion that this looks like a pretty paceless race. And I figured, I kind of thought Loud Boy was the more likely uh, of two horses between Loud Boy and I Love Rock and Stroll to hit the front and probably just take this thing gate to wire. So the top pick was the four Loud Boy at three to one. Alternate was the seven Rock and Stroll. I was hoping that was Sarah's, uh, you know. Uh, sorry, I thought I was hoping that Sarah's alternate was Loud Boy so that I could quote Misty Elliott and say that I was just going to take it, flip it, and reverse it. Flip it, Nerissa, flip it, flap. No. All right, on to race seven at Churchill Downs. Nine and a half furlong, $300,000 bourbon trail stakes on the dirt. Matthew, you're leading it off. Uh, so we're going to Churchill, and uh, this race – you know, listen, if Andy Serling was here, he could tell you all about the golden rail that Slip Mahoney uh, has benefited from in the past. Uh, and, uh, you know, but I, I'm not interested in mitigating that uh, discussion. This is another one where, by the way, there's no speed in this race. So I went with the number five Oscar Eclipse, uh, three to one for Brian Lynch. This horse should be lone speed on the front end by a considerable margin. Um Horse won first level allowance race last time out by six and three quarter lengths. Uh, I know he's stepping up in class, uh, but this horse has run against actually some decent company and some interesting spots uh, in terms of running against like Northern Evader before that horse went to the turf and things like that. So uh, it's just interesting to see the horses that he's run against in the past. Like I said, I know it's a step up in class, but gets Christian Torres on the mount. Uh, and he and Lynch, even though it's a limited sample size, have had a lot of success together. Uh, and this horse is, you know, young ascending speed figures. That's my type of horse to see. And so I'll use that as my top selection. Uh, and for my alternate, I'll go to the number seven, Big Data, at five to one. This horse is coming off a win in the Super Derby at Louisiana Downs, seven for eight in the exacta, uh, and has shown the ability to continue to stretch out, which I think is effective, uh, and can sit more of a tracking trip if necessary, uh, has good enough early speed to put himself in a position, particularly breaking from the far outside. So uh, I think he's very formidable, and you're getting a little bit better of a price there with Ishmael Jaramillo aboard. So, uh, But I will go with the five as my top selection, and I'm actually going to double down on that one. All right. I I actually I, I was right there in lockstep step with you with the five Oscar Eclipse. Uh, my thing with, I, I think it could easily be Slip Mahomey, but the thing is, has anyone noticed that Slip Mahomey can't win past a mile? Uh, I would rather have the horse I think is going to be out towards the front that I know can handle the distance. And that's going to be the five Oscar Eclipse. And then my my alternate was the four, uh, Shirls B. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe Oscar Eclipse scratches and maybe Shirls B uh, doesn't do the Dubai bounce. We'll see. We'll see. It feels, I think the first time Sarah was on the show, uh, we both nailed a uh, race at Monmouth on the Dubai balance angle. Um, so I feel like a traitor. Sarah, what do you think about the dogwood? Uh, I feel the same types of feelings that everyone does about Slip Mahoney. And that's why I went to the other Brad Cox in the number one, Manciata Dioro, who is looking to go four for four as he makes the first start outside of Horseshoe Indy. And I feel like you will get a fair price on him thanks to his stable mate. First race was on turf. The second wasn't off the turf race. He was two to five. He was supposed to win. Poor horse field or not, though, last time out, the horse he beat was loose on the lead in Brigadier General, who is not awful. And I think that from the rail, he's a tactical enough type to get himself into some sort of position early, not to let 
the horse that you both like get too far away and super comfortable. But if those two were to knock heads, it might end up setting up for slip a little bit better. Uh, the alternate that I have is the same one as Matthew with the number seven big data. I love seeing the progressively improving buyer speed figures, second and two starts prior behind horses that are going to the Pennsylvania Derby in West Coast Cowboy and Il Miracolo. He will make his move from off the pace, but I also agree that he doesn't be, need to be too far out of things. And I think he's just getting better at the right time to be taking on this field. And I also love one of horses that advantages outside stocking positions. So that is my alternative pick. It's funny. I So when I looked at this race, Sarah, I, I almost went with the one as my top selection. Um, and I was, and my logic was, oh, this is a Brad Cox horse I've never heard of. Of course, this is a horse that's going to win this race. Like, I just feel like there's, there's 50 of those horses spread out across the country that I'm like, who the hell is this Brad Cox horse? And it's like, oh, anyone. Okay, great. Like, I totally can see that happening. <laughs> Especially with connections that Brad Cox tends to do fairly well with. It's a 10 strike yeah. horse in yeah. conjunction with Matacat. Um, all right. My turn to lead in into a graded stakes race here. Churchill Downs, race 10, seven furlongs, $300,000. The grade three dogwood stakes on the dirt. Everyone wants to go fast. And guess what? I think another sprint race will melt down. Headline, everything exactly the same as it always is. My top pick was the nine Alexa Lou. Uh, I, I thought this was the only one that I can actually trust to sit off the pace and try to close. Uh, Spikestown Baby for Dallas. Another horse that has done anything wrong. And two straight solid starts. I think Alexa Lou takes a little step up. I think Alexa Lou gets it done at four to one. If Alexa Lou doesn't make the gate, my alternate's gonna be the eight nor a G at 12 to one. The horse has gone gate to wire in the last couple and a really just kind of tactic switch, but there is some history of running off the pace. That's why I don't trust it, but I'm making it an alternate. Sarah, what do you got? This is my triple down. Ooh. And I'm going to go to the number seven, Twice as Sweet, who is a very versatile type of horse. She's done a little bit of everything. Her last two starts have been pretty strong, particularly that dirt start two back where she won with an 86 buyer. The horse that ran second has regressed numbers since then, but did run second at Ellis in her next start and then won over at Belterra. The prior dirt races this year for this horse, way over her head in the forward gal. Prior to that, face Dazzling Blue. All other dirt starts, she's run first or second. And while that 86 buyer might not be indicative of the kind of performance that we're going to get from her moving forwards, I think that she's just an improved horse in general, evidenced by how she ran in that turf race. And I think that she's right there with some of the shorter prices in this race. So that is my pick in the Dogwood. And for my alternate... I'm going to Alexa Lou. Chase outlined a lot of reasons why she's very live in this spot. Uh, still very lightly raced. There's some pedigree here for this horse. And I actually remember picking her first time out at Keeneland. And then I was mad at myself that I did not follow through when she was 7-1 to second time out and won at Churchill. So I think she still has some upside. I like that she came back with a win at Ellis. I think she can move forward off that performance and that she's very dangerous in here. So all right, this Matthew. Is, yeah, it's interesting. So this was, I'll be honest, this was the race that I spent maybe the most time looking at, uh, and the race that I had the hardest time with. Um, and I was uh, somewhat complaining to Sarah last night that uh, remember last year when Echo Zulu was in this race and it was good, uh, and then I was just like, Ugh, who are these horses? And so um, I, you know, I was very put off by this field. One of the reasons is the Lasix angle, I think, is a big deal in this field. And it scared me off a lot of horses that ran a big number on Lasix, and now it's going off Lasix. And they're horses that you both like that I also liked when I looked at it. And so when you look at a horse like Alexa Lou, that last effort on Lasix, you look at a horse like Twice as Sweet, that second to last effort that was really good on Lasix. Uh, you know, I, maybe they can replicate that off of Lasix, but I'm going to go with the number one yesterday. Uh, who is cutting back in distance. And I like 
horses that are cutting back from two turns to one turn when they when they've shown that the ability to win at one turn uh the fact that this horse yes faded a little bit to foggy knight who oh by the way is in the field of the grade one cotillion this weekend so you know lost to a, a very respectable horse who's 12 to one of the morning line in that race and uh, i just think this is a horse that uh, it just makes a lot of sense and you know uh, Yes, there's a fair amount of speed, but I think at seven furlongs, this horse can absolutely do it. Uh, and uh, so I'll, I'll use this because it's also a horse that's proven to run effectively off of Lasix. Uh, the other horse that I'm using as my alternative is another horse that's run effectively off of Lasix, uh, or at least put up decent speed figures off of Lasix, and that's metaphysical. Uh, this is a, kind of a horse with the really muddied running lines uh, and you know, even running two turns at Charlestown at seven furlongs is kind of a weird angle. This horse has run up against nice uh, horses. I mean, Cairo Consort, Shigera, Vava, Undervalued Asset, Malimu. This horse has run up against, you know, Malab- um, Alpha Bella. I mean, these are good horses that they've run up against, no matter whether it's the surface or conditions. This horse has been turning in some nice workouts on the dirt leading up to this race for Jeff Hiles. You get Ricardo Santana Jr. aboard, who admittedly is 0 for 18, but 7 for 18 in the money uh, at uh, Churchill. So I'm going to use that as my backup selection uh, in the Dogwood Stakes. All right. The time has come. Even the Invitational of Infinite Sorrow ha- has a completion. Uh, and that's going to be Remington Park, race nine. Uh, if you're on the uh, East Coast and you want to stay up to track this, my bad, because this goes off at 11.51 p.m. Eight furlongs, $36,000, non-winners of three, lifetime allowance on the lush, lush Oklahoma City turf. And listen, if, if going to a, a racetrack and not being bothered by anyone or having any sort of human interaction with any other person is your, you know, on your bucket list, your thing. I'm here to tell you Remington park is the place for you. Fucking fantastic. You do, you do like, I I got a picture with where's the Woody shirt while I was there. Even like I saw a Remington park royalty. He was approachable. All right, Sarah, you started us off. You're bringing it home. You are the alpha and the Omega. Tell me about turf racing in the middle of the earth. What do we got? Well, if this is anything like the last contest, it could have come down to the bitter, bitter end. And I want to make sure that I save my last special fact for last. And I'm going to double up in here with the number three, Right Tone, who has only tried the turf once in 12 starts. That was at Kentucky Downs. There is a difference in the depth of circuits here. And this horse did not even run that badly when finishing fifth from off the pace. That was a solid allowance field. This horse was always wide and out of positions. And seven furlongs at Kentucky Downs is basically a mile. He has one fresh off the layoff from January to August 25th on dirt. And he could find this field on turf to be much easier and projects to have some speed in this race to close into as well. So I really like right tone getting back to the grass in this spot since his only opportunity to do so was against a much tougher field. Uh, And for my alternate, I'm going to go with the number one Butler cabin who has a bit of a propensity to finish second on the grass, two for three placing on turf and the morning line price is very enticing I also feel like he's another one that will be coming from off the pace, and that's the running style that I was looking for in here. All right. Matthew. Hello, friends. Uh, I feel like that was necessary to say after Butler Cabin because everybody knows Jim Nance. uh, Loves some good Butler Cabin at Augusta Mm -hmm. National. So um, so where am I going? Bloom, pimento cheese sandwiches, (laughs) fathers and sons. DJ, drop that beat. Go. What do you got? Uh, I'm going to go to the number six, Blue Boon, seven to two for Ray Ashford with David Cabrera aboard. This is a horse that uh, came back last time out after almost a year long layoff and won uh, a a second level allowance race and uh, did so by coming from off the pace and then winning easily. And I'm always impressed when a horse is able to come back from a long layoff and run almost the exact same speed figure the horse was running prior to that layoff. And to me, that usually indicates there's another step forward that could potentially come that next time out. And that's exciting. 
so I, I think that this is a horse seven to two. And I think you're going to get every bit of seven to two because I think hidden enemy, the number seven is going to take a ton of money uh, because Steve Asmussen and Stuart Elliott always take a ton of money uh, at tracks like Remington park. And so um, I think you'll get an honest price on blue boon. Uh, so that's going to be my top pick. Um, and then my, um, my value play, or my I know my value play, but my second choice is a little bit of a value play. Uh, is the number five ran the red light eight to one for uh, Mindy Willis? This horse is coming off a layoff and is cross entered, so uh, that that is a an issue potentially. But this horse has uh, been working out well leading up to this race uh, and has some and, and run against stakes level competition at Remington Park on the turf. And again, it's going to be coming from well off the pace. Uh, I'm just interested at this one at a little bit more of a price. And like I said, I think the seven gets bet down all the way. Uh, so I went with uh, the six as my top choice and the five as my second choice. You know, I thought this one would almost have kind of like a bourbon trail kind of wonky pace. Like we mentioned where I, I wasn't really sure who wanted to go. And so I wanted to turn my, my focus on, you know, the two horses I thought could potentially make the lead. Here's the deal though. One of them doesn't win on turf. So by default, I'm going with the other one. My top pick is going to be the 10 big wave James at 10 to one. Both career wins have come on the turf and this one comes in off some time, you know, on the shelf to recharge. Hasn't shown it off the layoff before, uh, but Hey, there's a reason why the price is so good. It's got obvious flaws at 10 to one. I'm going with Big Wave James, and then my alternate is going to be the horse uh, that I think is the other one that goes. Um, because if Big Wave James scratches, then this one is probably loose on the lead, and it's the one Butler Cabin at twelve to one. Uh, yeah, I'll say something about your ten real fast, which is those other two times coming off the layoff were substantial layoffs, and this is just a kind of a three month. Yeah, they're not racing at Lone Star anymore, and they're look, trying to find a right spot for the horse. Um, and, and so I, I think that horse can fire effectively off the bench this time. And it's got an exciting name like Big Wave James. I also like that. I was it. None of us are on the the same horse in the the last leg, so it, it could could be high drama. Don't you hate it when you're in like a tournament somewhere and everyone has the last leg? It's like oh, oh it's the worst. Boy, we just we've robbed ourselves of fun. But hopefully, we didn't rob you of fun. For this edition of the first edition of the Notorious OTV Early Autumn Invitational of Infinite Sorrows Handicapping Tournament. Uh, Matthew, you're doing all sorts of content on Naira Bets right now. You want anything you want to talk about? Uh, You've been doing your videos. Yeah, so we got uh, a lot of content on Naira Bets. Obviously, you can check it out on the app or the website. What we're really excited about is in the next couple of weeks, we are going to be launching a Naira Bets YouTube channel. So I'm going to be bringing back a lot of shows that I used to do. So people who like to uh, my shows like Capping the Card or my Breeders' Cup previews and things like that, those are going to be coming back. Uh, and so I'm going to be able to do more long form stuff rather than talking a million miles an hour and trying to fit all of my information in two minute segments for Twitter. Uh, so really excited about that. And uh, yeah, just make sure to check out all the content we have at Naira Bets. And uh, I'll kick it over to my colleague on the other side of the aisle at Naira to uh, push the stuff that she's got going on. Yeah. I like how we're doing like a freestyle pass the mic sort of thing. Sure. Or, yeah. Or, or just like a pop it and lock it. And I just kind of did the wave towards you. Boom. Well, it's, it's like the beginning of the show when uh, you had a moment of freeze that I hope that you uh, just play out as it was because Matthew and I totally took over and it was great. Yeah, um, <laughs> Pro- probably will do that. In you fact, should. it was fun. <laughs> um, yeah, just uh, I mean, things do quiet down at least a little bit following Saratoga. But of course, we still have plenty going on with America's Day at the races. And we still have some exciting Breeders' Cup win and your ends coming up, of course, for the two year olds as well as some other horses. Uh, this weekend alone, we're expecting quite a bit of rain, but we do have some graded stakes if if somehow this storm is not quite as bad as it is predicted to be. We also have some New York bread stakes going on too. Um, and you will be able to catch yours truly on all weekend, uh, as well as uh, generally Thursdays for talking horses, except for this week. So check it out. If you've got Fox sports, Fox sports Two, you can catch Sarah on the big TV. That's right. Not just on your computer, but I will still be, Putting that flavor in your ear. That's right. Cook it up the raw for your fiended ass earbuds. That's it. That is it for the tournament. Uh, once this tournament goes live, we'll post all of our picks. Uh, we can keep track of it. Hell, 
uh, send your picks to us for the race. Uh, remember to include who you're doubling down and tripling down on. Uh, poor, poor Phil from uh, from Horse Racing Twitter. I had to berate him for not following instructions, but he got it together. Uh, yeah, listen, no one's going to win any sort of money where you can just pull up on the block and yell. Ladies, <laughs> my Mercedes. <laughs> You're not going to have, you know, we're not going to win so much money in this that we're in the booth rapping all crazy. Yo, I just bought a dinosaur like Nicolas Cage. Uh, hey, what happened? Hey, what's going on? Buying dinosaurs, but someone will win a shit ton of pride. I'm not sure if we'll win the other's respect. I will never <laughs> people, but you will see me very prideful. Right. That I will tweet to the world. Eat my ass if that one horse wins. That's going to do it for us here at the Notorious OTV. Brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Thanks again to Sarah and Matthew. We will see you tomorrow when we take a deeper look at the park card. I haven't played parks since the last time I lied to my friends and said I don't play parks. Goodbye. <laughs>